0: again.
1: Wait, what are we doing? Yo, you know. No.
0: Podcast. Wait a minute. You hear
1: that? Podcast? What is it?
0: I don't know. It sounds like it's getting closer. What the fuck is that? Podcast. That's right. Rotten Mornings Podcast is coming back at you for season eleven. The same old blah blah bullshit you've always expected from us. Remember? Rotten Mornings Podcast. Bye! Season 11. I forgot that part. <laughs> Hello, guys, and welcome to Rotten Mornings. I'm Matt.
2: I'm Grim. I'm Carrie.
0: That's right. We are all who we say we are. Uh,
2: no promises. So, yeah. It's uh, Monday.
0: <laughs> Monday, April the 3rd. Uh over the past week we turned into a sex cult. Uh is, is it
2: April third already? It's April sex 3rd cult with no oh. sex. It's yep. a pretty um interesting So we are now thing.
0: all in a sexless sex cult. We are doing something <laughs> probably everything wrong. We spent
2: wrong. all day cleaning the house. Why is nobody over here? You know, doing sex doing cult stuff. Doing the sex
0: stuff. Yeah, we cleaned the house. <laughs> give us the sex.
2: Yeah, where's that? Where you guys at? Matt did do manual be... labor outside. Yeah, I
0: did. I cleaned it looks up so and much put better rocks though. Down. Everything looks better. We, oh, you, yes. you all do. And
2: so we have an upcoming thing that we're planning for. We are going to be a part of the Creature Show.
0: Yeah, the what? The
2: Insanitarium's Creatures Show. Oh, is that what it's called? I believe it is. Um, Okay. Oh, fuck. I have it. I have
0: it. You keep talking. Where is
2: my fucking phone? But
0: uh, basically, guys, we're going to be a vendor, and that's the end of this month.
2: Yes, and we are going to be creating. The whole month, we're going to be creating, as fast as we can, different things to sell.
0: The Creatures Art Festival.
2: Yes. It is
0: April 30th from 12 to 6 o'clock. Uh, there'll be food trucks, live entertainment, and 50-plus 50, 50
2: vendors. <laughs> you
0: said <in> 50. <laughs> and 50-plus vendors. <laughs> and we're going to be one of them. So please, on April 30th, show up. We're in Sanitarium is over here in Argo at 8,433 Gadsden Highway, Trustful, Alabama, 35173.
2: Yes. He'll come out and see us. Everybody's going to be selling stuff. Come see us.
0: Hopefully. We'll have all kinds of weird shit to sell. Hopefully. Or maybe we'll just sell our shit, but the first person that comes over there loves shit. all our shit, and we don't have anything at our booth but us, and we're like,
2: hi.
1: Hi there. Hi. Hi.
0: So, uh, yeah, but what we can talk about that we did this week, aside from all the fun sex cult videos we made and... The patches that Scareco made for us, thank you so thank very much, you, Scareco. Co, yes. We
2: love you. Or
0: the um, the duets we got, or the videos we got on TikTok so from both Marlon and the Punk. Pictures, yes.
1: the cover photos, all the people all the that support, threw, the
0: threw the love up man. pictures, and uh, I support. Rotten. Like that,
2: like just you guys are the fucking heart. best, dude. I am. My head. I, I fucking love you guys so much. Really, from the bottom of my heart. Like, our and let,
0: let's be very clear on this: the sex cult thing does not. It, we don't give a shit. It, it's whatever. Yeah, we, we made dumb. light of the
2: situation. And so, I but
0: mean, yeah, just seeing all you guys rally and and all the people having fun with it, like we love that. We love y'all yeah. having as fun with no it.
2: hate. It's yeah, nothing no but hate. Yeah, no hate. So as long as this can be turned into something positive yes. and you know, lighthearted and stuff like that, with no hate for anybody because we we have no ill will or anger towards anybody that said anything yeah. like Agreed. we're we're fine. We're
0: fine. Yeah. Um, Everything's fine. But what we did get to do this week was we got to go to fucking arcs and Which luckily was great. they recovered from the tornado damage they had.
2: Yes, have. and I'm so glad and that I'm I heard, so heard that nobody glad. was hurt and Good. that is the main thing. I'm so happy about that. But yes. like right
0: off the bat we go in there and they're like, oh, "Oh, oh, y'all are from other haunts." Yeah, here they give us tickets. And then they walk us into the waiting room and it was this Bad-ass cave. Oh, yeah. With a so the game room. They
2: believe so much in supporting other haunts and other actors and other things like that. They're just like, hey, this is our way of showing how much we love you guys and we love our community. And it means so much to me that they do that. Yep. Yeah. It really does.
0: So, uh, we go in there into the game room. And... What's Uh... uh it's just this cool ass cave with these stalactites and it's all fucking sprayed. It looks beautiful. It is amazing. Uh, they have like air hockey and they have fucking grab machines. It, Dude, everything about it, like it was such a fucking change up from uh, what it was beforehand. And it just looked cool as fuck. And it was so much fun. And getting to go out there and see all that, like first off, we had Christy and Shane and Zach and Kylie that came with us. We had Mimi and her brother Yancey that came with us. We had Adam and Jennifer that came with us.
1: We got to meet Monster Brax on TikTok who yes gave me did. a bouncy ball. We
0: also had Mike uh, a Winner and uh, his wife come with us from City of Chaos. And just all those people came out. And then we go in there and we see the guy who owns Malice. We see the guy... That owns, uh, that Warehouse. R- runs Warehouse 31. We're walking past and Hammer from Nightmare at 3008 walks Passes. Mm-hmm. We brought the Chicken House, Hellbilly Hollow, City of Chaos, and Conjure out there. Like all those haunts were all out there at the same time. It was fucking awesome. It was beautiful. And there were people in there working that were from Transworld and people in there working from the Haunted Chicken House. Also, at awesome. one
1: point we're like all out there dancing and playing together. It was just beautiful.
0: Yes. And, and Joseph Birdshaw, we saw it. There. We, it saw out there. we saw so many different people. We got
2: to see uh, sacre Core who yes, was dressed as Eloise the I Clown. love them
0: so fucking much. They yes. are so fucking amazing. And like immediately, like it's so fucking cool because... There was a time back in the day when we saw them a couple of times and we got pictures with them and they were like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think we've seen you before." And then this time they run out there and they just like grab onto us like, "Oh, I love you guys. I oh man, it was so fucking badass. And like the way they themed the haunt to be Scream Break mm-hmm. where everybody's kind of partying like all the monsters were all kind of partying. They were scary, but they were partying for spring break. I loved it. I yeah, loved everything it was great. about it. Was it
1: very on theme. The actors did a great job at being on theme, being in character, not breaking character. Actor placement. Can I just say that? Holy shit.
0: Yeah.
2: Yes. Actor placement.
0: I know that Avery was in there as a pirate uh-huh. Mm. And he comes around the corner and he's like, "Ah, what are y'all doing? You know, it's about impossible to play an accordion with a hook for a hand." <laughs> it was so good. <laughs> and they
2: play off of each other perfectly. And the hype of these characters, these great. actors, they will hype you up to an extent. Like, holy shit! The guy shit. in the
0: fucking bridge that was hanging in the top of the bridge got the shit out of yes. the and
2: me right after. And I, <laughs> I, I like screamed
0: and hit the floor. And in the back, you hear Mike, who was in our group, was like. Hey, did they get Matt? They got Matt! Yeah. Oh, it's fucking awesome! You yeah. like
2: 20 people. Matt got gut! Matt, Matt got, got gut! gut. <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking perfect. And I
0: had one of the glow-in-the-dark shirts that Marlon made for us, so every time we hit a corner, they'd be like, Rotten. And the, oh, one guy, the one guy with the chainsaw was like, Hey! Hey, I thought this was a sex cold. Is it a death cult oh, yeah. now?
2: <laughs> that was perfect. It was. I loved it, and I loved seeing everybody. <laughs> it, makes so place place it made me so happy. It made my entire year. I love seeing everybody. But, wow. like,
0: like, literally, our hats off to everybody out there that we got to talk to, that we got to see, that scared us, that that are just out there giving their all at ARCs. The young ladies in the gift shop. Mm-hmm. uh the girl that works the counter that is always, like, always flicking me off. And she's such a sweetheart.
2: Uh, and, of course, when we go to haunts, we always do our best to, you know, support when we can. And, like, buy the merch, buy this, buy that. We got out of there like, with tons of It's toys something we shit. love to do. And so, Carrie, what was it you got? I got an incense holder and I got
1: two posters and I also got a candle, because they had some really, really, really cool
2: oh, stuff. Oh, God. They, the candle smelled so good, too. I love their stuff. And tried to
0: get out of there with a the mouse again. I
2: know. I wanted to get a little baby mouse. And I
0: thought we were doing really well about not having you guys notice the mice were over there, and then Mike went over there, and then Birdshaw went over there, and they started talking about it, and I was like, you sons of bitches. Oh, they
2: pulled the curtain back and showed me the babies. You little fuckers.
0: <laughs> so, I, brought,
2: I didn't think they were there. and no, they were. But, um, Adam got me a bat, and... Mimi got us uh, the
0: Jack Skellington and, and the Sally. Sally.
2: And you got me a uh, what was the
0: Huggy Wuggy? The
2: Huggy Wuggy rainbow. rainbow. Yes. Adam and got me a sign. Yes. Adam got Carrie a sign, and it is exquisite. But I love my, my stuffies. We
0: had a great time. They let us go back through again and and walk it a little slower. Uh, just everything about that haunt, even the way the way they spun everything around backwards. Dude, How they off. had
2: like indoor party in there. There was
0: not one single actor that I noticed that wasn't like really given their fucking character. The guys out in the crypt that were going back and forth over prices with me. Everett oh, was out man. there in the They're crypt so doing a great job They're oh, so engaging.
2: I yeah. love it.
0: Everybody. And, uh, and the
2: characters. makeup is oh on par. Yeah. Oh, so, so good. good. So good. Everything so, so good. So,
0: like, you know, again, uh, applaud, applaud. Applaud. Thank you guys. All of you guys.
2: Amazing. Everything.
0: I cannot wait to see what you do next. I'm Same. always amazed by you guys. And it was Carrie's first time. So, Carrie, what did you think?
1: I absolutely loved it. Like I said, actor placement, amazing. That stood out to me the most. Um, the makeup, the animatronics, uh, Back on actor placement, there was this one girl, her makeup was so kick-ass. So she was the one kind of holding open the door, mm-hmm. contortioning a little bit. I loved her movements. Very, very good. Um, just all of it in general. I loved arcs. I loved the vibe. I loved the energy. I loved finally getting to meet everybody. Like I said, I got to meet Monster Monster Brax. Um, and that was awesome. He gave me a bouncy ball. and
2: everything. A rainbow bouncy
1: ball. Yeah. and it was uh awesome. it was just
0: so much fun hanging out with everybody and getting to to just you know hang out and I'm ready to go it again. was so fucking badass and I love seeing all these haunts in one place the funniest thing about the guy who runs malice who we have only just recently met is that we were going through the haunt and we caught up with him and I'm like uh-huh. holy fucking shit, it's it's big guy like what's up dude and he was like Oh shit, Matt, what the
1: fuck? I was Mr. like David.
0: Yeah. And David was there. Yeah, David. And again, it's funny because David, daughter. David kept seeing me at when we were at fucking uh, Fear Expo and he was like, Are you following me? And then I see him at Arcs and I'm like, Bitch, you're following me here. Following <laughs> me Oh
2: oh we gotta see the people from McSlaughter Emporium. Yes. And holy shit. That's what I, I was talking about. I That's the guy who them. runs
0: Malice. Yeah, That's McSlaughter oh, Emporium. Oh
2: my fucking God. I, I'm glad to know that. Yeah. Yes, yes.
0: And, uh, like, uh, the guy from Malice, because it's so funny, he was, we start t- he said something about us being a sex cult, and I'm like, fuck. And he was <laughs> laughing his ass off. He was like, no, dude, that's fucking perfect. That is perfect.
2: <laughs> I'm glad you guys are laughing at our
0: pain. <laughs> I'm
2: going to get dry.
0: But I'll actually ask McSlaughter Emporium about doing a custom costume for Graham and Carrie, so we yes. might get some custom costumes from them. I On hope the so.
2: I hope so. But, yeah, guys. Beautiful work. Beautiful work.
0: That's what we've been up to. Um,
2: It was amazing. It was amazing.
0: But we are going to leave you to the rest of the podcast. Uh, You guys enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, And stay rotten.
2: Voila, stay rotten.
1: Yeah, what they said. Have fun listening to the rest of this show.
0: And good fucking Monday morning to you.
2: Good morning, people.
1: Have you ever wished to hear your horoscope and the Rotten Mornings podcast at the same time? Now you can! Welcome to Carrie's Astrobytes. Hey guys, welcome to Carrie's Astrobytes for the week of April 2nd. Exactly. Exactly. This week, the Libra full moon that peaks on Monday will help us integrate greater harmony, equilibrium, and imagination into our lives.
0: That's beautiful, man.
1: <laughs> Alrighty, guys, let's get down to it, darn tootin'. Honey god, god <laughs>
2: fucking damn it Carrie! I'm not
1: sorry you can't
0: realize <laughs> that movie we, that'll happen after this okay
1: never mind that the honey I'm doesn't the honey. exist it's a yet <laughs> I'm scared um but anyways I'm gonna blame it on the full moon um why are you looking at me like that
0: by the full moon, uh,
2: because... Don't start your fucking <laughs> shit sound while she's recording, you piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, don't
1: start the, that.
0: The,
1: the fact that
2: has her butt
1: out? Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> Alrighty, let's get started, guys. Aries, what felt fresh back in the fall isn't feeling so new anymore to you. Take this moment to check in with your partner or work wife or bestie and make some adjustments before things fall further out of balance. Taurus, slow down and focus on your health and well-being. Are your routines supporting your goals or have you pushed yourself to the point of burnout? Notice where you need more discipline and take action. Gemini, you're feeling reclusive and want to take a step back. Instead of getting in your head about missed opportunities, why not get some actual rest? Cancer, what was just a seed of an idea back in the fall has now become a full-blown thing. How can you find more balance in your private life for this? Leo, if anything feels like less of a celebration and more of an obligation, trust your gut and work on moving away from that part of your life. Virgo, you're inspired to start working on the details for your next move. Now is the time to steady your spending habits. Libra, Back in the fall, you set some goals around caring for your mind and body, and this week, your progress, or non-progress, is finally revealed. This is an ideal time to put yourself out there and get some attention. Savor the spotlight while it's here. Scorpios. The good news is that you're no longer hiding from reality, but the bad news... Bad news. news. (laughs) news. This is bad news. news. It's bad news that's revealed. It's going to be out of control a little bit. So this week, exercise and letting go and ask you for support where you need it. Sagittarius. No. No, honey. (laughs) Cocaine bear. No, no cocaine either. No, this is not the type of cocaine. The stars do not say do cocaine. They don't say it. Sagittarius. Oh my god! I can't (laughs) do this. Seeds you planted back in September toward making new friends or gaining success come to fruition this week. Now, the challenge is balancing what's grown in your public life with what you'd like to cultivate at home. Find the balance between home life and work life.
2: Yeah, bitch.
1: You heard that. <laughs> Capricorn, you're not just gaining recognition and respect this week. You're getting clear affirmations that following your heart is always the right choice. Relax. Have some bu- some bun. <laughs> Have some buns. <laughs> 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 Have some buns. <laughs> Put your ass up and we'll stop fucking saying that. Stop this is your fault. Butt. I'm sorry. It's just kind of there, man. <laughs> okay, oh, <cocaine> bear. Back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I got a booty smack.
1: What did you doing, know. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> okay. Listen, Capricorns. The rest of yours is relax. Have some Fun and celebrate all that you've accomplished. Aquarius!
2: This is you, Matt.
1: Yeah, fucker. Don't distance yourself. Give them a glimpse into your internal landscape. Trust your intuition. You know who you can do this for. But you also need to remember you're not too much despite what others have told you or made you feel. And if you feel that you have gained all you can from certain things or people, you can let them go graciously.
2: All
0: I hear is cultivate your sex cult into something larger than your (laughs) guesses.
2: Oh my god, it all makes sense. we are not a sex cult. (laughs)
1: Hi, what are you going to talk about? No,
2: (laughs) Carrie! (laughs) <laughs> no, shit. it's not asthma time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Get off the fucking mic. I just threw up in my
1: pants. you come here often? <laughs> out
2: of my butt. Alright, cut it. Turn it You off. probably shouldn't. <laughs> not, off. No, done. there's one more. Is it me? Yeah. yeah it better be good.
1: Prices, I would choke the shit out of you. It is priceless. Okay, for real this time. Pisces. about to fucking the shit you. Well, <laughs> you gotta let me finish it, and then you won't have it's to hear literally it again. the whole thing is just Pisces over and over again. Oh <laughs> she wrote that down. She wrote I don't Pisces. need water. I need fucking vodka right now. <laughs> it's in the kitchen. <laughs> Pisces. Pisces, if you're off track, this is an excellent time. To make a plan to get balanced again, conversations with friends help you make this more manageable and less taboo. <laughs> less taboo—it's <laughs> definitely talking about
0: the sex
1: cult. <laughs> oh my God! So we have to talk about it's it to make it. More manageable less taboo. Than
2: we discuss it. <laughs> Are you trying to interview me right now? I've yes. On a cracker. All right. How does your...
1: it feel to be in a sex cult?
2: I am not in a sex cult.
1: Alright, well, you know, if you're really not in one, why are you yelling at me? Because you're pissing me
2: off. Why are you making that goddamn face? I mean, I'm
1: just making a face because you're saying you're not in a sex cult, but you clearly are in a sex cult. That's what it says. what
2: indicates that I'm in a sex cult?
1: Well, you see, TikTok said it.
2: Well, TikTok's a goddamn liar. (laughs) 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 Or they're just fucking jealous. (laughs)
1: Well, I think that, um, you know...
2: No one tried to do sex with you. Well, oh you God, know, fucking <laughs> I nice gotta question. I got much a
0: question. love all <laughs> of Hey,
1: all I gotta say is, why the fuck am I in a sex cult and having no sex? Maybe I wouldn't be such a bitch! Oh, fuck you! That's, you suck!
0: That is not true. This. Even if she was I'm getting laid, no she'd be just I'm as much of a bitch man, as she you is. You fucking suck! <laughs> <laughs> ah. All right, guys, I, I hope you enjoyed this. Is that
2: all you had for Pisces?
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah, it. And Pisces, stop. Well, what do I need to do? Put your butt up. We you need to put, put your butt up. Where do you want it up? At? No, I mean put it up. Put it back. Wait, don't things go up there? Oh, my not God. Going up all right, guys, we'll see you in the next segment <laughs> uh, for this uh, episode of gr-
2: Rotten Mornings. I smack smack my, my bitch oh, we and go. Oh!
0: We'll see you guys. <laughs>
1: What?
0: And now our famous movie review for Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey, Part
2: Two. <laughs> part two. Blood and Technically,
0: out. Part Two. <laughs> Three, four,
2: All right, five. good good luck, guys. We can count. No, not really.
1: I fucking hate it here. <laughs> sucks.
0: Uh, I'm going to get murdered here in a few minutes because god damn it, Please we just did him, 20 some bullshit. odd minutes of the fucking Winnie the Pooh review and everything was lost. We we're
1: actually almost done with it. Um, we were.
0: We were so close. Oh my god. Uh, Graham, Grim's gonna kill me. Grim's gonna kill me. <laughs> Grim. Graham. Graham, don't leave. God damn it.
1: I hate you. Hey, hey, guys. guys man, up. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck, you. <laughs> Fuck you, Fuck you. Fuck you. You suck. We it. hate, we you. hate you. you. We hate you. We hate you. <laughs> you. Look,
2: I'm so fucking pissed right now. <laughs> I'm livid. Listen, I just want to point out
0: one thing. But Carrie no. Carrie said we should
1: watch <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. Was, I would just like to point not, out one thing, that Matt. We recorded the podcast already. <laughs> yeah, and Matt fucking didn't actually record it. He <laughs> didn't have a fucking microphone on. Okay, so. No, no,
2: Queso. I'm so good. <laughs> I <want> some Queso. <laughs> no, I fucking I hate you. Either. You're banned from Queso. So guys, and we're salsa. gonna need you guys. You too. need to check and make sure you're fucking recording. It's <laughs> recording.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's on. No, are you?
2: Serious? Are you doing it right? We yes. want to fucking see. Uh,
0: I am. Listen. Hold on. See? see? You can hear us. us. We're recording. recording. Okay, make now. Test it. Test. Test.
2: Test.
0: (laughs) Ow! Oh, that's working. Okay, so we are
2: God. not a sex no, not cult we are not a sex cult yes, we are
1: we're uh, just not having any sex we filmed a
0: 30 minute uh opening uh this podcast gave a very in-depth look oh
2: man so fucking in-depth and now i'm not gonna do it again so we're, we're gonna need care. you guys to I kind don't give of give a fuck fuck just, this like make up
0: the pieces in your head and i
2: hate just, this podcast and, uh, yeah i hated so, the movie
0: on a really quick breakdown uh winnie the pooh blood and honey it sucked. I blood and
2: Cairo syrup.
0: <laughs> it was so bad. Honey. So we're just gonna kind of start. We're gonna hit a couple of points from the beginning to the end. I, I'm gonna rush through it.
2: I fucking hate you.
0: Okay, so the opening of this movie was really actually good because it's Christopher Robin, <gasps> and they talk about the narrator is actually reading the story, and they like Christopher, Christopher Robin, Robin found these like humanoid creatures out in the woods
2: with his wife.
0: With no, no, no. He he found these creatures out in the woods oh. when he was a kid, and Child. he. Basically grew up with them, and they were like, hey, they're fucking weird-ass monster creatures. You shouldn't be hanging out with them, but he's a kid. He doesn't know any better, so he's cool. And then he grows up, goes to college, and he has to move away, and of course, everything goes south for them. They go crazy. They fucking start starving. They fucking eat Eeyore. Their brain breaks, and they swear that they'll no, never Eeyore. talk again, and they swear a vengeance to humans, in, in, including and And in they go especially, back to animalistic ways. And they go back their animalistic ways, and they swear vengeance on Christopher Fawkins, so, you know, you fast forward like a good bit of time and Christopher Robbins is coming back to the Hundred Acre Woods and they try to establish Christopher Robbins as as if he's a like a artist or a writer
2: or some or something, I don't know. because
0: he actually is is famous off of his delusions. So I'm guessing he's writing about Winnie the Pooh or something. I don't know, but he brings his girl back and he's like, I'm telling the truth like you have to believe me. Like, the Hundred Acre Woods is real, and Winnie the Pooh is real. Why are you here? And she's like, I'm here because I'm going to support you. And they're like, okay, cool. And then he finds a house, and it's fucking, oh, this is the house we used to be at. And they're like, oh, fuck, I I fucking swear I hear stuff. But the big fucking breaker is when they find the house, they don't immediately fucking run the hell away because there are human skulls all over the fucking place. And nobody says anything about it, even though it is literally a human skull.
1: Well, the girl's scared. She's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i want to leave i want to leave
0: for and christopher, christopher Robin's Robin. like we don't need to weave we, like, like, we need to I sway I
2: uh, so they don't hear wanna... shit and they go hide in the fucking house they hey. go hide in
0: the house and Winnie
2: the, the Pooh poo. comes back, lays down, starts snoring right away. Yeah, I mean, who goes? Oh, okay, we're in this
1: place and it's very scary. Let's go hide in their house. Yeah, let's go
2: hide <laughs> in the bedroom. That's great. <laughs>
1: That's a great place to yeah. escape. <laughs> and there
0: was like literally like comical sized honey jars and then little fucking mason jars full of honey, that were like all leaking everywhere. As but if, everything like, was clean. But everything was also clean as fuck. <sighs> Especially, like, the clothing. And, like, we didn't talk about that in the last one. Where the fuck did Winnie the Pooh get clothes from? It's not like he went and go shopping and bought his clothes. His collar, his
2: everything, like, somebody ironed it out perfectly.
0: Yeah, like, who the fuck is buying clothes for these fucking humanoids? So, they sneak out, and they're trying to get away, and Piglet comes out of nowhere and grabs the fucking wife and fucking strangles her on a car while he just basically sits there and screams at him to yeah. stop oh piglet no you you're doing? not you this? Doing this. you're better than this we were piglet we love you. you don't yeah. have no piglet i would never laugh i swear and then like there's a popping noise the girl lurches forward now this is after choking her for like all of 10 seconds and then it shows her face and it looks like her face was like Badly mangled or mishandled or eyes kind of hanging out. And
1: we all know you don't die after getting choked for only 10 seconds. Yes, we do. That
0: is sex cult etiquette 101. (laughs) Everyone knows that. Exactly. So then Christopher Robin goes off running into the woods. He gets cornered by Piglet and Pooh, who are the only characters in this whole movie. And uh, they kind of like come up on him. And then they, like, loom over him like really bad hot uh, actor. actors because yeah. they just kind of quietly walk in and look at him and loom at him. And then it cuts to an animation of them, like, dragging a body into a cave, throwing it into, like, a hole and burning it, and then watching it burn. And it goes down from that and opens on a young lady in therapy talking about some terrible thing that happened It's to her. very
2: vague. doesn't very really explain. Vague. And the psychiatrist is like, you need to go on a vacation because, you know, you're sad.
0: And she's like, damn, you're right. I need to go on a vacation because I'm sad.
2: Perfect place to go. Where all the news reports
1: are yeah, about. Yeah, let's
0: go to 100 Acre Woods. Let's do absolutely no sort of research on where you're going. Yeah. And why would somebody even have a goddamn bread and, bec- bread, bread, bed and breakfast... In a place where all these murders have been.
1: It's a great idea. <laughs> and there are like
0: literally newspapers all about all these murders and, and nobody like in town knows. In the what nobody what in wonderful town place
2: for a psychiatric vacation. Yeah. How does nobody know what's going on in their town? So the girl ends
0: up going to this fucking random gas station because it just cuts and she's on this road talking to her friend who says she's going to be two hours late.
2: And the no, gas station has no power on not no, no anything. The door's the all, just open. The
0: gas pumps are smashed and shit and she goes into the gas station and this is where they miss like on a big trope because this movie is just trope after trope but this particular one they fucked up the trope because when somebody finally comes to her in the gas station it's a really nice dude. He's well dressed. He's not like weird or rednecky or anything. He's just like No, man, don't you notice the pumps don't work? They're fucked up. Like, are you stupid? Like, even the movie itself calls itself out for her pulling over. And then there's these other two random characters that walk in.
2: With grocery bags. Like, they've been shopping in, like, this abandoned shit. There's nothing in there.
0: And they're all, like, really well dressed and, like, stand out amongst all the trash and shit. And Mm -hmm. they go into the place, even though there's nothing there but just shit everywhere. And she's like, all right, cool, fuck it, I'll fuck off. And she leaves. And that's when you first find out there are other people in the car with her, too, because it just seemed like she was by herself. Yeah. So there's four girls, and they find this cabin, and they go to the cabin. And in the cabin, they decide they're going to throw up. They do the horror movie trope. Hey, we're not going to have our phones. This is a weekend away. So they put on their phones in a fucking box, and the girl takes it. (laughs) Well, then it flashes to their friend that says she's going to be two hours late. Yep. And she, yeah,
2: this is stupid. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, she's like, which way do I go? And then she wanders off, like, really deep into the woods. Yeah, she
0: pulls her car up. She tries to call him. She can't call him because their phones are put up. And then she's like, oh, I got a great idea. I'll fucking go trouncing out in the woods since I can't find anybody.
2: And it's fucking lame.
0: And Winnie the Pooh fucking finds her and fucking, like, chases her into the woods. And she runs even deeper and goes and hides in a factory. And then he... You know, he, she hides next you to know, a wood chipper. You the funniest and, part to
1: me about that whole chase is the fact that he literally just stops, stares, and then just starts running. She's like, ah!
2: Yeah, exactly. She doesn't now. go back to her goddamn car. She just runs deeper into the woods. She's like,
1: And then, like, flailing her arms like Matt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Pooh finds her and rips her shirt off. And there's Tits.
0: Jenny, yep. yep, Tits. And then he bangs her head on a wood chipper and tosses her into a wood chipper. And even though her head is completely destroyed, She still finds the power to kick our legs. And when she goes into the wood chipper, the wood chipper spits out this terribly CG fucking piss poor graphic blood. (laughs) And I have a theory that this movie actually released and they were like, hey, we need to make it more bloody. And they gave it to an editor and the editor just literally threw shitty ass CG blood in every gore scene. And it literally downgraded the scenes in my opinion. Yeah. So then you flash back to... um, The girl's in the cabin. And there's like a girl upstairs in a bikini fucking dancing and acting like she has her phone.
2: Oh, nobody gives a fuck about their missing friend that never shows up. Just saying that. No one brings her up, ever. Not
0: another word is said about her.
2: Too many scenes in this movie are just unexplained and useless.
0: So the girl's upstairs like dancing and putting on makeup for whatever reason in a bikini. For whatever reason.
2: (laughs) Bikini! Then it flashes
0: from that to another scene where they're downstairs and the girl's actually describing what she was talking about at the therapist, which I don't know why they decided to be vague about. They could have gave the fucking exposition at the therapy thing yeah, instead of waiting to reveal this garbage of a story. That
2: makes no sense and doesn't play into the movie at all. Yeah,
0: there was a fucking peeping Tom that... That she got frightened by, and then one night she woke up and he was in her room trying to take her bra off.
2: Well, he touches her back, but, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, and that's, like, the big thing, and the cops bust, busted him and found a whole bunch of files of her on his computer, and she just hadn't mm-hmm. been the same ever since. Look, yeah. I'm not trying to downplay how creepy that would be, but it just seems like it came out of nowhere.
2: It just doesn't fit in the movie early, is what we're saying. Girl.
0: So they're all like, oh, well, that sucks, oh, ba 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 blah, blah. And then it cuts to, like, girl out... In the jacuzzi, doing her thing, and now she has her fucking phone. Yeah. No, no. Before <laughs> that, it shows Piglet in the woods powering the fucking excitement.
2: Oh, he's on like, like an exercise on. bike or something, and
0: for no fucking reason. Yeah, I it,
2: don't know, man.
0: They never talk about using power and needing power. They never talk about what Fuck they need movie. the power for.
1: <laughs>
2: it's like I you, need to man. lose some weight. Yeah, going Piglet right just diet. doesn't
0: exercise bike.
2: Fuck it.
1: Oh my god, he's like me when I work out and exercise yeah. bike.
2: Oh. is this the part where it shows? <laughs> that's not what Robin? I show like,
1: uh-huh. but that's yeah, what he
2: like.
0: Yeah, it shows Christopher Robin tied up in the upstairs area.
2: And, and he's Winnie saying Pooh's what there. he always says. Why do you do this? Why are you doing this? I Whatever. love you. I never would have left. Yeah. I never would have left. That's all he says throughout I knew, the whole movie. If I knew. Every time he has this fucking scene. Anyway, so he's tied up and with Piglet on the exercise bike, I guess maybe he powered the blood. I don't fucking know. There's maybe. like he's blood like in a shower, shower of blood. I don't know.
0: Well Winnie the Pooh like beats him with a fucking whip made of like well, girl hair. not before he
2: does that. Before he, he beats him, um he like I guess causes Pooh to remember when they were kids. There was like a flashback of, I'll never leave you, I love you, Pooh. So Pooh goes and stands in front of a mirror and he starts drooling mass amounts of honey out of Smiling. his mouth. Oh, it looks like k syrup. Yeah. And then crying k syrup. Uh, and he's just like going fucking insane in the mirror. Like, and
0: then he starts fucking chomp smashing everything around. Mm-hmm. Then he goes and grabs a braided girl hair...
2: I don't know. Fucking whip. There's Maybe a hair it was Eor's
0: tail, but it looked more like girl hair. And then he whips him and cuts his <gasps> oh back my in a fucking God. hell
1: back. Pooh's like a petty ex girlfriend. Oh. Yeah. Christopher Robin left him and then Pooh went fucking nuts. Holy shit. It all makes
2: sense now. They were hung up on their ex. Yep. can't relate (laughs) but anyway he's whipping christopher robin in the back with this hair braid and it's like leaving these These
0: massive wounds on his back yeah
2: like it's fucking hair and
0: then he's like, (gasps) like he's sitting there and winnie the pooh comes in with like a barrel with guts and like blood and pours it into this barrel and then it just starts raining guts and blood on christopher robin for some fucking reason Well, that's
1: because the honey (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's his honey baby no that's
0: because of the honey <laughs>
2: uh,
0: so yeah he rains blood on Christopher Robin and then it cuts back to the girls again and there's a girl in the, so- in the fucking hot well, tub well
2: Pooh hears music
0: yeah Pooh hears the, the disco
2: music he movie. goes was the party it? I'm gonna go check this out yeah, yeah, was so like, who didn't invite me to the party who in, in the woods who did invite to this goddamn party you it's bitches party.
0: so they go over there and the girl's in the sauna and now she's got her fucking phone even though they never said anything about them reacquiring their phones at any point but she's taking pictures of herself and then she notices Pooh in the pictures and she gets out of the hot tub and she's like you motherfucker are you fucking following us yeah and then she's like well you're not gonna ruin my vacation and she goes right back to what she was doing with her back turned to where she saw the guy at
2: and closing her eyes and closing
0: her eyes and zoning out and then they i guess like piglet and poo like chloroformer even though they don't really talk about that because they just put like a towel in front of her face and she knocks out and the thing about the when he picks her up out of the pool
2: oh when he picks her up out of the pool when piglet picks her up out of the pool her head like pushes against his mask and all the tusks start bending it's like
0: it's you can really really tell it's a mask then yeah And, like, the whole time, Carrie's
2: like, this dumb bitch, this stupid scene. (sighs) Because she literally, like, sees this dude in
1: the photo and then goes and looks, and he's not there anymore. So she's just like, oh, let me turn my back to him again and close my eyes and just, you know, take a nap. What? You
0: dumb
2: bitch. You dumb bitch. They get
0: hold of her, and they fucking drag her back to their home or whatever. to the driveway. To the driveway.
2: To the driveway. That's Mm -hmm. not far. (laughs) And
0: they fucking, she she wakes up tied up in the driveway.
2: Laying on her stomach with a gag, like a rope or something in her mouth.
0: Yeah, and you see Winnie the Pooh in a car, and Piglet comes out of nowhere dragging a fucking...
2: Like it's the heaviest thing in the world, a sledgehammer. sledgehammer, And he's limping, like it's so heavy. I thought they had like these fucking...
0: Then he goes over to her and goes over to her and like, okay, so he's going to hit her with the sledgehammer. But no, he just stands on her. And then Winnie the Pooh runs over her head with a car, and it was the worst-looking effect of her head being crushed by the car. It was ridiculous. Yes. And they're all are, and they're all, like, happy. And then, like, the girls hear a scream, and they like, what the fuck was that? And then they see, like, Piglet and Pooh, and they're like, oh, my God. And then they do the, you know, another trope. They split up. One girl goes to find the gun, and the other two girls, like, go in a different direction.
2: Yes, yeah, so they, two of them go into the pool room. Yep. Because, you know, you got to show off that pool.
0: Yeah. I was wondering where the pool was because they yeah. had mentioned it before. And, of course, Piglet comes in there and just, like, gingerly knocks one of the girls down. And he looks like he's going to kill her. The other girl falls in the pool. And then he's going to kill her. And he's she's like, no, kill me first. So he's like, oh, okay, well, you did ask nicely. Well,
2: he magically seems to have a chain in his hand this time. Not just the sledgehammer, but he's got a chain. So, anyways, when he pushes the girl down, uh, one of the girls down, she falls down and I guess she passes out because, you know, oh, my God. And
0: a pig pushed me down. A pig ah! pushed me down.
2: Freaking I gotta easy. die. I don't know. So, the other girl that jumps into the water, into the pool, uh, he starts using the chain to try to fish her or lasso her out and it doesn't work so he throws the fucking useless Which it wouldn't
0: away. work. It would never work. That, yeah. Like, why he thought that was a good idea, I I'd never know. But... Every
1: step she took he was watching <laughs> oh my fucking god every step you take i'm gonna swing my sledgehammer every step you take i will swim behind you and the honey. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the, the first song was so much better. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: honestly, right
2: now I don't know what's happening. <laughs> All I know is I wish we didn't have to redo this again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're, so we're, good before you. We're gonna catch up to where we we're at, but uh,
0: so the other girl like kind of wakes up, and and Piglet like hits the girl with a sledgehammer in the water, and then he turns around and comes after her, and she passes out. Now the two girls with the gun see them like walking away with her, their friend's body, and uh, they fucking follow close, like and never shoot, never use the gun, no, never try to kill them. they had
2: so many times, to have so a many clear openings
0: shot. where they could shoot them.
2: But why do you have it? Why do you even have the fucking gun?
0: So they, she follows them back to their place, and it shows Winnie the, the girl with Winnie the Pooh, and she's tied up, and he comes over and like drools honey on her face, and then goes away, and. That's it. Like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. I'm going to
1: drool honey on your face, honey.
0: Yeah. Then it cuts to, like, the girls followed I'm them. Scared. They find Christopher Robbins. They untie him. He's like, you hear this other scream. They go. They find her friend. They no. untie their friend.
2: Yes. Uh, my, their my, friend. my order may oh, be a little bit let me up. Let me state that while the girl is tied up on the stage, their friend that he had took away or whatever... Uh, Pooh slaps her like 20,000 times and nothing happens.
0: And nothing happens. She yeah,
2: just like smacks Smack, yeah. smack, me, yeah. smacks yeah. So, smack,
0: smack my bitch up. <laughs> then they <don't> go
1: <laughs> smack, the they smack my Robin bitch up. And they leave <laughs>
0: Christopher uh, Oh god, you've got that in your head again. Smack
1: that. On the floor, smack that. Really smack that. On the floor, he's wee like dripping honey though. <laughs> 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 Can't miss some
2: more kill me <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
0: they free their friend and then they find this other girl in the woods who's tied up and her face Some is random all random girl up that has no
2: story behind her no
0: story at all but she's like why me why did they pick me to do this too and then she's like i'm not leaving i'm gonna take this gun and go fuck them up oh
2: she's all fucked up but she's got clean pristine ironed out pants
0: yes she does and she goes and she's like piglet get out here and she fires the gun to get their attention and then winnie the pooh comes around the corner and she only had one bullet
2: yeah, so, and they you know, fucking like knock her,
0: knock her out, then Winnie the Pooh pours honey on her face, and then Piglet comes over and starts chewing on her. And I and guess that's her. I guess it
2: killed her. And then
0: it gets weird because the two two girls go one direction to get away from Winnie the Pooh. The other one stays behind, knocks out Piglet, and in the smartest fucking move in this whole movie, just kind of sticks around and fucking sledgehammers him after she ties him up. Not sure why she tied him up. She just because the sledgehammer went when I was on the floor. But nevertheless, she does. And, you know, boom, boom, he gets fucked up. He's dead. And then Winnie the Pooh comes running back and fucking grabs the girl. He
2: hears Piglet go, I'm dead now. Wait, 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 let's hear that again. He went, he did what? I'm dead now. Let's have another (laughs) replay of that. <laughs> uh, quit licking I'm my hand! <laughs>
1: <laughs> I can't do it anymore. So Pat, then you gotta do it. Then we. Are there. <laughs> okay, it's better
0: are if
2: you're like. Yeah, you. it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So he fucking grabs the girl, puts her up on a pole, and then slowly <laughs> sticks a machete into her and the pole behind her, which is like physically impossible. Right and then she into just,
2: her whore mouth. Yeah, <laughs> and she just hangs
0: there, which again, all that is all wrong.
2: I'm just hanging out. <laughs> I don't know what lip kit you use, but let me fix it for you. Yep. And Kylie Jenner lip kit? when <laughs> the Pooh goes just to
0: kidding, fucking find kidding. the girl, the two left girls, and they've now found these guys in a truck, and they're like, we got to get the fuck out of here. And the guys in the truck are like, oh, what are you doing? What's going on? And then Winnie the Pooh steps out, and they go jump in the truck, and holy fucking shit, we've made it back to where we were. This is where we ended. <laughs> I don't
2: even know where we're at.
0: So there's these three rednecks. Four. 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 Okay, so you do know where we're at. You're <laughs> four, a whore.
2: Number four, that's a whore. Come on, whore. come on, we
0: move this forward. And um,
2: that's another rhyme.
0: Winnie the Pooh comes <laughs> up on them, and they're like, "Fucking what's grab- going on? We yeah. only
2: live here, but don't know shit about shit." None of the shit. people
0: know anything about the monsters in the woods, even though there were newspapers about them. And uh, they're like, "Oh, get the get the tools out of the back of the truck," and they get weapons.
1: I
2: got the tools. And in Winnie the, the Pooh
0: kind of walks over, and mm-hmm. they surround him, and they do a lot of talking and
2: bullshit. Yeah, and, and Winnie the Pooh's happens. just standing there, and he's got his mask well, we're on. we're gonna the fuck just you up. There. And These guys are like, "I don't like you." I was like, <laughs> "All right, well, you're gonna be doing some talking soon." Ready, boys? Like it's so slow, and we had it in two so X, yeah, like, yeah. Slow. <laughs> we're like, we watched We watched it. hours, they beat the 2X. shit out of him, and he doesn't do anything. And until like he closes white, his fist up and he's white like white shit comes yup out of it. him white and powder he... because it was in
1: the van <laughs> it was cocaine cocaine bear holy shit that's so what happened as as I know when Christopher left Pooh was heartbroken he was like my he boyfriend he's gone I gotta turn to coke <laughs> he
2: was all hopped up on Mountain Dew you have no other so option in this scene why the we woods. you
1: to coke <laughs> why we told you about earlier if a bear
2: shits in the woods where's the cocaine bear <laughs> <laughs> we were we were talking about
0: earlier oh, no. with him slapping the girl the reason we said that was because in this scene he immediately turns to the first guy and slaps him the same way he slapped the girl and slaps his face off.
2: I'm going to slap the face off of you. Slap <laughs> off. The guy goes
0: running and he kills a couple of the other ones and uh, he sends his bees. The only time they ever use the bees after one of the guys who were running away because the bees follow Pooh around because I guess he's full of honey and He's poo. a
2: goddamn witch bear. Yeah. A a witch bear?
0: Boy. He's Winnie the Pooh. That's witch bear. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. ow, 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 ow. So then, like, He grabs her friend out of the car and fucking cuts her fucking head off quick as fuck. Like, all this... In the last few minutes of this movie, Winnie the Pooh goes overpowered.
2: Oh, wait. Before that happens... This movie hey, well, like, pisses me off. But God. anyway, before that happens, the whole time, the car is on, all right? The car's running. The car is on. And they're looking for the fucking keys. And they're watching. And they're just sitting there. And then they're looking for the keys again. And then they can finally crank it, which all the guys are dead. The and they're like, oh, we got to go. So they try to run over the bear. Bear and hangs on Somehow now. he
0: gets onto the back of the truck. And, like, he's w- walking, like, crawling up on the truck. They're screaming and driving. And then all of a sudden, like, everything goes dark. It's and like, it comes back up, and she's like, <laughs> like clearly she's been in a wreck because her head's busted. From <laughs> but where they she hit didn't.
2: nothing. The car is
0: parked in the middle of the road. There's and there's no tree, nothing. nothing. There's no
2: stump. There's not shit. They're in the middle of the road, and there's not shit. So she he
0: drags her friend out of the car, cuts her fucking head off. Again, he goes like all uh, op for the all end of this. All that is in
1: one second. Piglet died, and he's like, I'm gonna just kill everybody yep. now.
0: And so then, like, he gets a hold of her and. Puts her over like he's gonna do something to her with the car, and then fucking Christopher Robin comes out of nowhere with his car and slams into Pooh, slams the two cars together. Somehow the girl does not get hit by the fucking Even car. Even though,
2: like, uh, Pooh's She's hanging right, on to oh. her and holding her up pretty much. Like, how does she not get hit too? It fucking makes no sense.
0: So then Christopher Robin gets out. Now remember, Christopher Robin has only fucking known this girl for all of like ten seconds. Not of his even ten life. seconds.
2: All she did was run up, and her and the other two girls help release him, and then leave again. They don't know anything about each other.
0: So Christopher Robin gets towards like you saved me. I've got to save you, and then they fucking try to get away, and then Pooh catches them anyways. Again, like how the fuck can they not get away from these people, and? Poo like grabs her and he pulls her away from Christopher Robin, and Chris and he has his knife and Christopher Robin's like don't do it, don't do it, Pooh, and the same take shit. Take
2: me, take me, the same Sid. shit again. And then she's like, no, he'll if kill he takes you. you, he'll kill you. Yeah, take, and she's let like, him kill he's me. like, well, you
0: saved me, I gotta save you
2: now. So it's this long, drawn out shit like they like they're long lost lovers and it's sad and Pooh's standing there angrily watching them and then fucking slices her neck he and goes then, you left
0: he said Pooh you can't do this and for the first time the only time Pooh said any words he you said left. you left and then cuts her throat and throws her to fucking Christopher Robin and, and
2: then for like, and two, like a, hours straight, two hours straight they sit there and hold her.
0: each other and cry yeah. while she's dying mm-hmm. even though Christopher Robin why the fuck do you care you've known this girl for five seconds you don't even know who she is yeah And then fucking Pooh comes over and starts stabbing her repeatedly in the the face. Christopher Robin gets up to run away. End fucking movie. Like
2: that's literally.
1: He watches her get stabbed like three, four, five times, and then he starts walking away, and that's the end. The end. Like what the fuck? And we sat
0: there just staring at the screen like what the fucking We didn't believe it at first. So yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, There's know, some the stuff we left confusing. out It's because the movie was confusing The whole thing's confusing The first podcast didn't record uh... yeah, yeah, and that's the
0: curse of Winnie the Pooh. Plue,
1: <laughs> exactly it's a fucking curse man i hate this shit
0: so yeah. our synopsis for winnie the pooh blood and honey is if a
2: this is an independent film then it's not as completely bad no it okay, is definitely
0: an indie film and i'll give them okay. props for making this a movie it yes. is a movie the acting in it was okay yes the special effects in it were horrible the mm-hmm. monsters we're horrible. The tusk, like there's just so many different things. But you know, kudos for making a kick-ass movie. I mean, we fu- fucking watched it, and the mm-hmm. hook is genius. I love the idea.
2: Yeah, that yeah. Was great. The storyline, the plot, how that was. This just seemed like scenery. there was a
0: whole lot of missed opportunities. Yes. but it was still it was well it was well written. Mm-hmm. It just didn't know if it was a comedy or a horror. And there was movie. a lot
2: of scenic scenes of everything that fit well into it and was very beautiful. But like them like, on the pier. Yeah, that was such a beautiful fucking scene. It just seemed like scene. this
0: movie could not figure out what the fuck it wanted to be.
2: Like which direction? Like what were the story? What was the storyline behind the girl and the like? What did all? How did all this fit into? In it?
0: my brain, some dude was like, "You know, it would be cool if we made a fucking Winnie the Pooh mask," and then he was like, "Dude, we can make like an evil looking piglet mask too." And then they were like, "Dude, we should totally think of a way to make a Winnie the Pooh horror movie with these masks." And then Winnie the Pooh hit that copyright time frame Ah. and hit
2: uh, fucking public domain. Yeah. Uh, That does make sense.
0: And then they were like, get it done. And that's but what you then got again,
2: this movie could have been a huge step for them as far as the learning process of how to get all yeah that I sense. mean they this could might have been their first actual big thing that they've done and getting a team together and doing all this it is very hard so yep. kudos to them for that yeah so kudos, kudos, kudos for that. making
0: the movie kudos for all the actors kudos for everything that was for done it but and
2: all this I
1: other just shit.
0: Personally, was not a fan of the movie. Well, I told
1: you the plot already. Pooh and Christopher Robin were together. That's why Christopher Robin was giving him flowers in the flashback.
0: Because they, it was a. <laughs> they were so
1: dating. I think it
2: would have been a good love story. Like, yeah, Christopher Robin loved it. I would have loved to see something like that. Too. Pooh was heartbroken. That
0: would have been right, cool. He
1: was like, I'm gonna kill yeah, everybody now. That what is it?
0: our review for Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey. Uh, I, gotta I go get water. Stay right. I don't recommend it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: um. I think that if you feel like wasting time, okay. Because, I mean, it's very confusing and you will waste your time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, guys, uh, that's our review and uh, stay rotten.
1: Stay rotten.
0: Stay poo. Honey. Rotten honey. poo, honey. Honey! You want some poo, honey? No. You want some honey?
2: Hey, listeners, want to choke me? <laughs>
0: God damn it, Grim. That's not the lines we talked about. Ah.
2: Uh. Hey, listeners, want to actually learn something here? Well, get a load of Grimm's Poetry Shorts. Hello, and welcome back to Grimm's Poetry Shorts, and we have Carrie blessing us with our presents for this. Fuck you, Matt. (laughs) Matt sucks. So this is part three of Edgar Allan Poe, and I will start it off with The Raven, And we're going to have Carrie and Matt reading with us. Matt, I'm still mad at you. I'm
0: still mad at me, too.
2: (laughs) Well, at least we all agree on this. Yep. So this is Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Open here I flung the shutter. when with many a flirt and flutter, in there stepped a stately raven of in the saintly days of yore. Not the least absience, I probably didn't say that right, absience made he, Not a minute stopped or stayed he. But then, with mane of lord a lady, perched above my chamber door, perched upon a bust of palace, just above my chamber door, perched and sat, and nothing more. Then this ebony
1: bird, beguiling my sad fancy into smiling, by the grave and stern decorum of the countenance it wore. Though thy crest be shorn and shaven thou, I said. Art sure no craven, ghastly grim and ancient raven, wandering from the nightly shore. Tell me what thy loudly name is on the night's Plutonian shore, quoth the raven, nevermore.
0: <coughs> <laughs> Much I marveled this ungainly fowl to hear a discourse so plainly, though its answers little meaning, little irrelevance bore. For we cannot help argue, uh, no. For we cannot help agreeing that no living human being ever yet was blessed with seeing bird above his chamber door, bird or beast upon the sculptured bust above his chamber door, with such name as Nevermore.
2: But the raven, sitting lonely on the placid bust, spoke only that one word as if his soul in that one word he did outpour nothing farther than he uttered, not a feather than he fluttered, till I scarcely more than muttered, other friends have flown before. On the morrow he will leave me, as my hopes have flown before. Then the bird said, nevermore. Startled at the stillness, broken by
1: reply so aptly spoken, doubtless said I, What it utters is its only stock in store caught from some unhappy master whom unmerciful disaster followed fast and followed faster till a song's one burden burden bore, till the dirges of his hope that melancholy burden bore of never, nevermore.
0: but the raven still beguiling my sad fancy into smiling straight i wheeled a cushioned seat in front of bird and bust and door then upon the velvet sinking i betook myself to linking fancy unto fancy thinking what is ominous bird of yore what this grim ungainly ghastly gaunt and ominous bird of yore meant in croaking nevermore
2: this i sat engaged in guessing but no syllable expressing to the foul with fiery eyes now burned into my bosom's core this and more i sat divining with my head at ease reclining on the cushion's velvet lining that the lamplight gloated o'er but whose velvet violet lining with the lamplighting gloating o'er she shall pass ah nevermore then, methought,
1: the air grew denser, perfumed from an unseen censer, swung by seraphim whose fo- footfalls tinkled on the tufted floor. Wretch, I cried, thy god hath lent thee by these angels he hath sent thee. Respite, respite, and nepenthe thee from thy memories of Lenore. Quaff, O oh, quaif, this kind nepenthe, and forget this lost Lenore, quoth the raven, nevermore.
0: Prophet, said I, nothing of evil. profit still, if bird or devil. Whether tempter sent, or whether a tempest tossed thee here ashore. Desolate yet undaunted, on this desert land enchanted. On this home by horror haunted, tell me truly, I implore. Is there, is there balm in Galid? Tell me, tell me, I implore, quoth the raven nevermore.
2: Prophet, I said, thing of evil, prophet still, if bird or devil, by that heaven that bends above us, by that God we both adore, tell this soul with sorrow laden if, within the distant Aden, it shall clasp a sainted maiden whom the angels named Lenore. Clasp a rare and radiant maiden with the angels named Lenore, quoth the raven, nevermore.
1: Be that word our sign of parting, bird or fiend. I shrieked up starting. Get thee back into the tempest and the night's Platonian shore. Leave no black plume as a token of that lie thy soul hath spoken. Leave my loneliness unbroken. Quit the bust above my door. Take thy beak from out my heart, and take thy form from off my door. Quoth the raven, nevermore.
0: And the raven, never flitting, still is sitting, still is sitting, on pallid bust of palace just above my chamber door. And his eyes have all the seeming of a devil that is dreaming, and the lamplight o'er. Him streaming throws his shadow on the floor, and my soul from out that shadow that lies floating on the floor shall be lifted nevermore. And I'm done.
2: Nevermore! Nevermore! So, the raven explained. Da-da-da! The theme of this poem is grief and loss, and the raven symbolizes mournful and never-ending loss. Poe was inspired by this taxidermied raven in the Free Library of Philadelphia. This was Grip, Grip the raven, which once was a pet of Charles Dickens. <clears throat> they called him Grip the clever, Grip the wicked, Grip the knowing. That was his actual nickname. So it was was just
0: a stuffed bird and it scared (coughs) him. A
2: taxidermy bird that was once the pet of uh, Charles Dickens. Hmm. Someone who actually, he met and interviewed in his lifetime. Interesting. Yes. And The Raven was first published in 1845. The poem starts with a man reading to distract him from the loss of his lover, Lenore. He He hears someone knock on his door and opens and whispers from Lenore, like, Is it you, Lenore? Oh my god, I miss you so much. Oh my god, manure, 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 he's manure. Sounds like he's you're saying <laughs> <laughs> But um, then a bird taps on his window, and he does what any sane guy would do, and he opens the fucking window. Of course, the bird flies in, and the guy's like, "What's your name, bro?" The bird says, "Never ask me that again." So the guy thinks he feels a weird aura or whatever of an angel from this bird, and asks the bird if. Uh, like some of life's deepest questions like will i be forgiven for my sins and see my woman again and the bird's like nope and shits on his floor <laughs> <laughs> That's already
0: a better poem than the raven
2: it so the guy panics because you know he just mopped and whatever and tells the bird to fuck off and the bird refuses to leave and flies to a door frame and purposely gives the guy some bad vibes and makes him feel like crying that's the whole thing that's what it's about you're welcome i like falling asleep to this poem (laughs) carrie does love this poem yep carrie i love falling asleep to it does it give you good vibes
1: it gives me sleep vibes sleep
2: Sleep vibes vibes. because it's like very repetitive
1: and i guess it's really the rhyme scheme that kind of helps me sleep it's very soothing
2: so, starting with part three of all the research I went through Yay. and had to do of Edgar Allan Poe Boy. Poe Boy. Poe Boy. Poe Boy. <laughs> <laughs> i this quote in my own. So, Poe marries Virginia in 1836, and at the time she was 13 and he was 27. And he forged her age as 21 on their marriage certificate. Like, how fucking gross, though. That's his first fucking cousin. So
0: gross. Yeah.
2: But they were married for 11 years, and that's because Virginia died of, can you guess it, tuberculosis.
0: Ooh, I wonder if she spent any time at the, uh...
2: Hospital? At the,
0: uh, um...
2: But she died in 1847. Okay, and... so that
0: would have been after that place, before that place was built.
2: Uh, what place? Well, it's Where been... we were
0: at Waverly Hills. It was oh, the yeah. tuberculosis.
2: Oh, I don't think she did. Okay. I don't think so. I think he wanted her there at home. Because, you know, I love my little child, Brad, and I'm oh, a fucking weirdo. Oh, just a
0: little kid, and I'm a weird son of a bitch, so you got to stay close. This might be dicey at best.
2: And, like, I guess blip, to blip. save his reputation or whatever, like something he tried to put out there, was that he didn't consummate their marriage the first few years. And, I don't know, regardless, marrying a child is I fucking hate, disgusting.
0: I hate, I hate that fucking term. I hate hearing I know. somebody say, consummate my wedding. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, there is this thing where, <clears throat> oh, we haven't consummated, I I haven't fucked her since we've got married yet. Like, who, like, what the fuck? That is the weirdest shit in the mm-hmm. world.
1: Consummate. Imagine somebody walking up
2: to you in a bar and saying, hey, you want to consummate? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> during his time of being married to her and being with her and stuff... Poe wrote and published Gaia in 1838 and The Fall of the House of Usher in 1839, and both had themes of incest. Insert vomit. So Insert think, vomit. Yep. <coughs> Her name was Virginia Eliza Clem Poe.
0: Virginia Poe.
2: Yep. She was born in 1822 in Baltimore and died 1847 in New York. Her father died when she was just a little one, and her mom struggled to support her and her siblings. Oh,
0: no. Let's give her away. Like, basically, he was Woody Allen.
2: Yeah. Before
0: v- Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> Gradle and Poe is just a sadder version of Woody Allen.
2: A shed boy. Him a Poe boy. A <laughs> Poe boy. Him a Poe boy. I'm a Poe boy.
0: Give me some shrimp.
2: <laughs> Virginia first met Poe in 1829 when she was just seven years old. That was when he was discharged from the Army. And, um, yeah, it was still, like, weird. Seven years old, and you kind of probably got a thing for your yeah. first cousin. Yeah. But they were extremely fucking poor, as they all were. And when Poe moved in with them in 1832 in Baltimore, they, he only made their situation worse. But her sister Elizabeth and brother Henry died in 1835, when she was, of course, still, like, seven or whatever. Which meant that she was the only surviving child of her mother's.
0: Only surviving child.
2: I think they also died of tuberculosis. I think everybody just died of tuberculosis then. I don't know. But Pooh, Pooh, no, Poe moved in, uh, moved to Richmond to work at the Southern Literary Messenger in 1835, and began writing to Virginia's mom Maria about marrying her daughter. So, he was stating how much he was in love with this girl when she was just 12 years old. 11 and 12. Fucking weirdo. But, you know, they got married, and uh, while they were married, it was said that their marriage was happy, and they were always playing around. And one story was, they were playing Leapfrog one day, and Poe ripped his pants and got so fucking embarrassed, and Virginia thought it was, like, the funniest thing ever. But his (laughs) face got red and everything. It was, like, so bad. Like, he was, like, mad about it. Like, ah, you're poor. I mean, shouldn't you have, like, stitch, stitch stuff on hand? Yeah, you would I think do. so. I do. I'm poor, and I do. Everywhere I go. But he seemed to be very caring and devoted to her education and taught her how to play the flute, the piano, and helped develop her singing voice. He also tutored her in math and classic literature. And his friends said that they did. You know what? I think he married her to be a dad because he never had kids.
0: So he wanted to be a dad, so he married a little kid.
2: His first cousin, little kid, yes. <sighs> but his friend said that they didn't share a bed until she was sixteen. But are those the same friends that lied and helped forge her age when they got married? Yeah, because exactly. They spoke on his behalf, saying that she was twenty-one,
0: mm-hmm.
2: even though she was thirteen. Oh, I'm
0: sure it was the same friends. It's yeah, cool,
2: guys. yeah. We were there. We know they weren't fucking.
0: They were not fucking. We watched them. Yep, the every whole day, time. the whole
2: time. We were there. But not only did they get married and live together, but they also lived with her mom. Like, how could her mom be so okay with this? He, it's not like he didn't pay her for her daughter.
0: Yeah, but Because he added to
2: their poorness.
0: Yeah, but he went, did he stay with them?
2: He, at first he moved in with them, but moved them to another house. I don't or know. Yeah,
0: maybe having another dude in the house to watch the other kids? I don't know.
2: There wasn't any. They all died. Oh
0: my God. <laughs> so that was stupid. the only
2: kid. So uh, Poe was fired uh, twice at the Southern Literary Messenger. The first time was for being so drunk all the time and for writing such harsh criticism about all the other authors at this magazine place. He made a lot of fucking enemies, too. And in 1837, Poe moved his family to New York. And, of course, they were having a major financial crisis, not just there, but it was all the people who were writers were having such terrible times. But in New York at the time, it was like the writing hub, so people were going there to try to make it as a writer. And uh, he, at this time, as soon as he moved, he published a novel called um, The Narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym in 1838.
0: Pym, it was, the guy from Ant-Man.
2: Yes, it was a major failure. Everyone hated it. And, you know, he failed and everybody fucking hated him and they threw rocks at his window.
0: Get out of here, Poe. You suck. (laughs) You suck ass.
2: But at this time, Virginia's mom was pretty much hagging and hen picking. Poe to get a job and help support them and different things. So she was going out and trying to gather funds and like, hey, you're making us more poor. You're like, fucking our lives up worse. Help us out here. We're starving to death. We don't have firewood for fire and we're fucking dying. We're dying. We're dying. We're we ain't dying. got
0: firewood for fire. Nope. <laughs> That's nope. what firewood's for.
2: <laughs> but <clears throat> Poe was notorious for sabotaging himself in his life and every chance he got... He pretty much showed up drunk to every opportunity or a job interview and was pretty much thrown out and not given the job, of course. So, he was just a sad boy, just wanting to drink his sorrows away. And in 1842, he somehow set up a meeting with U.S. President John Tyler to get a government job, but he showed up drunk and with his clothes inside out. Luckily, the president's son was there and told him, come back in a few days so my dad doesn't see you like this because you won't have any chances in life if my dad sees you like this. Poe came back to the second meeting and was sober, and the meeting was going good until Poe decided, I'm just going to solicit my magazines to these people, but they didn't want to have any of that because his magazine sucks, so they kicked him out, and they didn't give him any job opportunities. Hmm. But... It was said that Poe had already showed up to the second meeting already fucking sad and depressed because the customs house told him that they had already gotten over a thousand applications for government jobs. So he assumed that he wouldn't get anything and show, and was just like, I'm so sad, I'm probably not going to have this opportunity. So he showed up to his actual opportunity and fucked it up.
0: <laughs> yeah. What a sweetheart. Like,
2: how sad.
0: What a jackass.
2: Ah, like you could have been so much further in life. Sad bastard. Yes. And, oh, after researching how Poe landed this meeting with the president, I learned that it was through his friend and fellow writer, Frederick William Thomas. Thomas got a position with the U.S. Treasury Department in Washington, D.C., thanks to all the campaign work he did for the latest president, Harrison. And it was said that he became friends with the president's son, John Tyler, and used his influence to help Poe, but of course that backfired on him. And that also made people look down on, you know, this guy. So, that was sad. Yes, of course. So, don't don't lend your hand to Poe because he's going to fuck it up for you.
0: Yes, because Poe would (laughs) fuck everything up. He He was his
2: own worst enemy.
0: Across the board.
2: Yeah. Poe had no other means to support himself and began writing more. He dwelled on the deaths of past loved ones and everybody everybody that that left him. And wished to see them again. So he started writing more about tragedies as a way to cope. And he loved the thought of being able to die and come back with knowledge of the afterlife. So my thought on that was he just wanted people to listen to him to such an extent that it was, hey, if I have so much knowledge and I have all this different whatever, then people are going to find me interesting. But people all throughout his life already found him interesting. He just didn't see that. He didn't see what he so, already like, had. So, like,
0: basically, he wanted to do all this, like, traveling and shit, so he had more interesting stories to tell.
2: I think I think that was had a lot to do with it. But it's every time he started school, every time he started something, all of his peers, everybody loved him. They flocked to him. They loved hearing his stories. They loved hearing his seminars and plays and everything. But he was still such so sad about it, he didn't see what he already had and would quit everything out of depression because he thought he wasn't as far in life as he wanted to be. He's a
0: sad boy. Yes. He's a little sad boy.
2: Oh, boy baby. you sad baby. But uh, anyway, so after being fired from everything because, you know, showing up drunk, uh, he started working for, in, in 1839, he started working for the Burton's Gentleman magazine, where he was also an editor. And this later was bought by George Rex, and they changed the name, they merged it and changed the name to Graham's Magazine. Uh, Burton's Gentleman magazine was created by William Evans Burton, which became good friends with Poe. So when Poe was fired from his last one, Burton was like, hey, come work for me. I think you're really great.
0: So Poe worked for Burton. <laughs> That's funny.
2: Yes, you did. But uh, this Gentleman's magazine focused on what men should read. Smart men stuff like sports, fiction, theater, art, and the Western Frontier. It was all for men, so women weren't allowed in this club. Poe contributed to a whopping 133 pieces, including the fall of the House of Usher, which, like I said, was pretty much incest. But Burton found working with Poe to be difficult and let him go in 1840. He didn't like for Poe to criticize all the other writers because it brought the magazine company bad reviews. Poe was very harsh, but... (laughs) And everyone also thought that Poe harbored harsh feelings and ill will towards all the other writers out of jealousy and spite. But Poe claims to have left on his own, even though he was fired.
0: Because he always did that. With every one of his notes, it was like, wasn't my fault. I tried my best, Daddy.
2: His dad was dead. Yeah, but Matt, I mean, you're being very insensitive. He
0: just consistently made excuses for everything that happened to him.
2: <laughs> he did, and he blamed everybody else for it.
0: Everybody's fault mm-hmm. but mine.
2: Ugh, gross. But in 1840, once he was let go or quit, whatever it is, whatever of the gentleman's magazine, he tried to start his own magazine business called The Pen, which he ended up changing the name to The Stylus. This was a way to have control over everything he was writing, and he could cut down all the other writers without, you know, anybody saying, hey, you're fired, you can't do this. Yeah, <laughs> he
0: started, but, a, he started a, a paper yes, or a magazine just so he could have other people write so he hey, could criticize their shit.
2: He tried to start it. It failed because of lack of funding. He tried to have other people uh, mass subscribe to something he didn't have anything to show them, and nobody was doing that. And the banks was like, no, nah, I'm not helping you out, bro. But he didn't have enough subscribers and money and funding to start this, so it failed.
0: Man, I don't know what that's like, trying to get them subscribers. Shut up. At least Poe did good stuff. Our stuff sucks.
2: (laughs) We suck. Yay. But anyway, um, he was still at this time submitting stuff. They were allowing him to submit stuff that was heavily altered, not through his own words, to the Grams magazine. And <clears throat> Poe wrote a piece that was the very first called in the genre called detective uh, detective fiction. Mm. Ah, I couldn't fucking say it, but it was the very first. He started that genre. So uh, it was called the Murders of Rue Morgue, and the killer was a crazed orangutan who murders people with razors. <laughs> <laughs> Which I Jesus. think I think it's awesome. Sounds cool. That
0: that sounds about as cool as cocaine bear, honestly.
2: That that is razor blade cool. monkey. And uh, yeah, one night in 1842, uh, Poe and Virginia were having fun and playing and singing on the piano, and Virginia started coughing up blood, and they learned that she had. Tuberculosis.
0: Tuberculosis. No. So for the
2: next five years, she struggled with it and became weaker and weaker. Eventually, Poe had to carry her around everywhere. During this time, in 1845, Poe published *The Raven* and received quick critical acclaim. And That's fame. what we
0: just got through reading.
2: Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That?
0: Oh wow! What a what a loop around. Wow. Flashback humor.
2: But for the first time in his life, he had something that actually blew up very quickly, and everyone loved it, and it seemed to give people nightmares. And so, like, he had so much fame off of it that kids in the streets would run up to him and start screaming, like, acting like a a raven and everything. He would turn around to them and scream, never more. And they would run away laughing and come back with sticks and hit him in the ankles with it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fucking really ridiculous story, and I don't think I've told this on any of the other... uh things that we have done about Edgar Allan Poe, but in Florence, in the white pages, there was a guy named Edgar Allan Poe. And if you called that number, it was just an answering machine, and it would just say nevermore and then hang up. Really? Yes.
1: Does it still work?
0: I I have no clue.
1: That would be cool if it was.
0: I don't know. We need to find the number. Are you serious? What's the number? Oh, uh, hold on. (laughs) Let me recall this obscure... No, I don't know. I got nothing.
2: But so many people, like high-profile people and socialites, were reading this and writing about it and talking about it. But sadly, it brought no fortune to him. And um, he really just got like a measly $14 off of it. But he literally, at this time, only had one coat and maybe one shirt. So most of the time, he would just button up his coat all the way up and whatever and wore no shirt underneath. But... Everybody loved flocking to him and hearing him give his retelling of The Raven. They would set up different seminars and different things so he could... He wasn't making any money, so it fucking sucked for him. And I feel bad for him, in a way. And, um... Because of Virginia's illness, Poe drank his ass into stupor constantly and was fucking up his seminars and everything, but people were still coming to listen to him.
0: Poe drank his own ass?
2: Yep, he drank his own ass into stupor <laughs> every day.
0: <laughs> Just like Winnie the Pooh drank his own honey, face honey. Oh God, not
2: the
1: honey Not again. right now!
2: Not right now! Fuck off with that, Matt! Uh, sugar, sugar... <laughs> No, Gary. So, Poe. Don't touch me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Are you done?
2: (laughs) So, Poe actually met Charles Dickens in 1842, and while Dickens was touring the U.S., Poe interviewed him, and Dickens helped inspire Poe's "The Raven." Like I said, and Dickens was enamored with Poe's cleverness. And helped him a lot with his fame, but of course, no fortune. He, he would constantly reach out to people like Dickens about getting better job opportunities, but nobody wanted to hire Poe, or there was just no spots available. Hint, hint. You know.
0: Yeah. Oh, we don't got nothing open for uh, <laughs> you, little sad boy. Uh, sad boy. Sorry we don't hire emos. we
2: Emu. And emo, emu. <laughs> yeah, he goes. What sound does an emu make?
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> I. <I'm not> <laughs> would know. Uh, Mom, why don't you let me
1: go? And tonight will be night that I fall for you. You'll love me in the end. I'm an emu. You never loved me, Mom.
2: Oh, my God! (laughs) When I needed you, whoa! Whoa. In 1842, Poe was still working somewhat at Graham's Magazine and published The Mask of the Red Death, which was absolutely inspired by Virginia's illness. Sad boy shit. But it was really good. Um, Poe began hating <laughs> working at Graham's Magazine because, like I said, he was just submitting every like little bits now and then, what they would allow him to submit but not actually be there. Mm-hmm. Um, he was always complaining about not making enough money and being overworked and only making like $80, uh, $800 a year. And when Jesus. he con- Yeah, when he confronted his boss, uh, his boss was like, hey, you probably need to take, take some time off. You're kind of sick. So he left while he was sick to try to recover and come back. And while he was gone, his boss hired someone else in his position.
0: <laughs> at, yes, and they
2: began making 200 more than he was. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, <dude. coughs> I think Poe should have been more grateful. You know, there really wasn't any copyright laws in the 1800s, and making $800 while you're showing up drunk to work and you're shitting on people's work? Yeah, I mean, I think you should have been grateful.
0: Why did you hire that guy for my position, Mom?
2: No, most everybody else, especially not in New York, weren't even getting paid for any of the writing and poems that they were getting out there at all. So he should have been really happy with what he was doing. You love them more than me, Mom. Yeah, so I think they eventually fired him, or he quit again, and uh, yeah, that, that was the end of that. He slowly stopped working for them completely or submitting anything to them, and yeah, that was done in 1858. Fucking done. Fucking done. Poe published uh, The Telltale Heart in 1843, and as soon as it released, the magazine company The Pioneer went bankrupt, and Poe wasn't given any money for it. So it's like sad shit after sad shit. But, yeah. I mean, if he would have thought how great he was and wished that money to come to him and know yeah. that it was his, it would have been a different story. He's
1: it on to himself.
2: Yeah. He would show up with like, hey, I'm already not going to get this. So it didn't happen.
0: Yeah, he sad boyed himself mm-hmm. into a corner.
2: Sad, sad, sad. Yep. S-M-H, dude. S-M-H. Yep. And in 1844, that was when they moved from Philadelphia to New York. And all of this was happening when he started the stylist business and it failed. You know, blah, blah, blah. All The, the rug was pulled out from under him by himself. I don't know how he did that, but he did it. And uh, they were struggling to get Virginia her medicine and this and that. And they really couldn't afford anything. So she pretty much started wasting away. Thank you, Poe. I mean, you have yourself to thank for that. Uh, Virginia died in 1847, and Poe would cry at her grave all the time. But he did. She died at 24 years old. But he did this for everybody that died. Everybody that died in his life, he would go and cry over their grave and be miserable and drink himself until he passed out on the grave. All the time. How fucking sad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right after she died... He realized that he had no picture of her, so just, like, a few hours after, while she was laying there dead, he hired a painter who used her corpse as a model and made a watercolor painting of her, and it was beautiful. So and he just
0: had this, like, immortalized death picture of his child cousin bride.
2: Yes. Yeah. And she was like, she stunk while that was happening. She smelled really fucking bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Poe, uh, I, can I stop painting? Keep painting. I mean, uh... Mom, keep painting the picture <laughs> of my dead love, Lenore.
1: The writings on the wall
2: are <laughs> telling me I'm small. <laughs> So, I'm going to end this here and I'm going to pick back up on the Poe sex scandal. Ooh, sex Ooh scandal. a sex scandal. When
1: I was
0: a young boy, my, my father. father didn't love me, so he sent me to my <laughs> uncle. That's how I got my last name, Poe. But he sucked, <laughs> so I went to the army, and I sucked there and left, and I married my cousin who was 12, yeah. and then I was totally yeah. broke in college. I'm Whoa. such a joke, such and I joke. was at a newspaper for newspaper. a while. Whoa.
2: All right, so I think next week will have to be part four, and I'll be done with Edgar Allen's <laughs> <laughs>
0: There's going to be more parts. Just,
2: what? Just a little bit.
0: So yeah, guys, the the I, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Rotten Yes Morning. I
2: hoped you loved Yay. Grimm's poetry shorts. I hope
0: you Thank loved Thank you guys for coming to listen guys, to them sing. Been, it has been awesome <laughs> yeah. uh hanging out with y'all this morning. Uh such a
1: blast what a know? blast like jimmy neutron blast
0: but we yeah. love you all thank you for hanging out with us thank you for all the great love
1: you guys. comments we've
0: had on this thanks for all the comments
2: yes spread and, love uh, spread love
0: yeah stay rotten
1: guys
2: stay rotten stay rotten we're
0: not a sex cult yeah. and we're out
2: hashtag not a sex cult But <laughs> <laughs> i'm a survivor <laughs>